Hey everyone, it's John Moncrief. Um, today, what I want to do is I want to talk about subscription billing models and why they're so important to your business. Why companies like Amazon and Apple and Schmoll, the folks who deliver my dishwashing tablets to the front door every 32 days odd, are, are looking at subscription billing models and making them a big part of their business. I mean, have you ever experienced those nights where you're lying awake somewhere around 12, 1 o'clock, where you just can't sleep, you're tossing, you're turning, and you can't get to sleep? You've got this feeling of dread inside you as you, you're chasing invoices and you're trying to get paid and you're trying to get money in to meet payroll. Uh, I, I'm sure somewhere in your point uh, of, of your entrepreneurial journey, you've gone through that, perhaps you're going through it at the moment. But this is one of the key reasons why subscription billing models are, are so important and why so many businesses are taking advantage of them. And I can see, or imagine some of you shaking your heads there saying, yeah, Jean, but this isn't gonna work in my company or this isn't gonna work in my industry. But everyone from startups to Fortune 500 companies have looked at some part of their business and thought about how they can bring in a subscription uh, billing model or subscription model. So. And I'll give you some, uh, some of the examples of that. Tri-State Elevator in, in Manhattan, they originally had an elevator business and they would go out and they would pitch on putting in new elevators in, in new buildings. And along the way, they were finding their competitors were beating uh, them all the time. They're a small, smaller business and all the big guys were getting in there. So they started to look at their business and they found that they were doing a lot of work with very wealthy people who own apartments in Manhattan and inside those apartments there are elevators. So they carved out a section of their business and said right we'll go to these folks and we'll sell them a subscription to look after their elevators. So you, you can kind of think about some of the people who might have elevators in, in, in Manhattan. They went to those folks and they eventually built a $70,000 a month uh, business, $70,000 a month business looking after elevators for very wealthy uh, apartment and homeowners in, in the Manhattan area. And now, come the 2008 recession, this subscription billing model essentially sort of recession-proofed their business. So Tri-State Elevator Company was able to get through that recession because they had the regular uh, income from these high net worth in individuals rather than bidding on, on new business all the time. I mean, I've talked about elevators now, I've, I've talked about um, the the tablets that come to my, my door for, for the dishwasher. Uh, another example is I, I enjoy using Zipcar, very flexible, don't own a car, but there are times when I think you know, it might be worth going out and taking a look at buying a car, and usually that happens when Zipcar's not available, and, and that's typically on the weekend when I wanna get out and take a walk and with my partner in the, uh, and go and see the leaves, it's autumn and the, and the leaves are changing. So you, you go online and you hop in your app and look, take a look at Zipcar and the cars that are usually around the corner aren't available. So I, I think oh, maybe it's time to buy a car and I go online. And that's when I find companies like Volvo who instead of selling the car, have a subscription model essentially in place where you, you get the car and uh, for a period of time and they include the, the cost of the vehicle and they include the cost of the insurance and they include the cost of the, um, the, the repairs, all the maintenance and that sort of thing. So 
that's in, in the kind of vehicles or motor vehicle space. And you know, beyond that, I've, I've recently noticed uh, Land Rover Jaguar advertising that they will deliver a Land Rover or Jag to my front door for use on the weekend. So they've obviously realized that the cars aren't always available and there are folks like us out there who, who need the service and, and need a car over the, over the weekend. You know, in his book, um, recent book, John Warrello talks about uh, the access generation. So in, in the book, The Automatic Customer, he talks about the access generation. And this is this, this kind of generation is coming up now. And they don't want to be owners. They don't want to buy things. They want to be able to get uh, things on, on a subscription model you know, and, and have that flexibility of the subscription model. In your own organization, you're probably fairly familiar with some of these things. You maybe use QuickBooks or Xero for your accounting, perhaps Salesforce for your CRM, HubSpot for your marketing, but you see them come off your, off your bank account every month. And, and those are the kind of models I'm talking about. And the software industry was really quick to adopt uh, these subscription models, but it doesn't mean that they aren't available to people in other industries. So. Let's go into some of the, the reasons that you really need to take a hard look at your business and think about uh, how you can introduce subscription model into at least some of your business. And the first thing is predictability. You, you basically want to be able to, um, well, let's step back. The, the first thing is predictability. And, and as a business owner, one of the most difficult things is to try and figure out demand. So you, you sort of spend too much money on stock and you end up with a whole lot of stuff in the warehouse and you don't have the cash flow anymore. You've basically overestimated that demand. On the other hand, if um, you underestimate demand, you can't fulfill your orders. So you're kind of caught in this catch 22 if you don't quite smooth out that demand or understand what, what the demand is down the line. And, and another space where I see this very often and probably more serious issues where people are involved. So if if you have a, a consulting business or software development business and, and you're still working on, on contracts, if, if you lose one of your large customers, so if, you, if you're very dependent on a handful of customers and one of those customers go, the people who, who suffer are the employees. So having the ability to predict um, and forecast what's coming is one of the biggest benefits of a subscription model. And to give you an example there, the typical florist throws away anywhere between 30 and 50% of, of their stock. So along come companies like Bloom & Wild, H. Bloom. I happened to walk downstairs yesterday and I noticed a, a Bloom & Wild box on the, on, on, the, on the doorstep for our neighbors just had, had a baby, box of flowers. But the way that these companies work is that they either work on, on sort of subscription models or online orders and they're able to forecast their demand far more accurately. So H. Bloom may have subscribers are paying $10 a month, but they know what's coming down the line. They have a centralized warehouse. They order the stock and, and they send it out. Um, so predictability. Number two, you get paid automatically. Now, there's a slight caveat here. Um, you know, I was talking earlier about how things come off your credit card. If you don't get customers on a credit card billing system or debit card or uh, automatic um, debit order, whatever that uh, term is, you, you're basically lining up chasing the invoices. So what you want to do, and, and I made this mistake. I mean, let me tell you, 
at a document storage business. Great business, uh, you take the paper, you put it into boxes, you put the boxes on the shelf, and you store it for customer for years on end, five years, 10 years. You know, everything goes into, into those boxes, cardboard boxes, into a storage place. And it's a great business, um, particularly because some customers pay up front for a few years, like uh, medical or, or pharmaceutical research would pass five years in advance to, to store their documents. But then we have customers who are spending maybe $20, $50, $100. And it's very, if you haven't got them on automatic debit orders or credit cards, you can find yourself sort of sending out the invoice 30 days later, getting on the phone and saying, hello, Mr. Customer, um, we got an invoice outstanding for 30 days of $20. When can we expect payment? Ah, you haven't sent me the invoice, send me the invoice. We know the invoice has been sent, but basically you zip up the invoice, send it off to 60 days later, it's kind of the same process. 90 days later, you're getting to sending a lawyer's letter. I think you get the picture. But it all gets very expensive. And chasing those small amounts gets very expensive. So one of the benefits is getting paid automatically, but make sure that you're setting customers up on debit orders or um, credit card payments. Number three, market research. Now, I, I mean, this one's, I love this one. Basically, with a subscription, subscription billing model, you're able to do your market research and get paid for it. So think back to the old days. You know, when you went out and you, you launched a new product, maybe you did some telephone research, you, you engage a research company and they, they do some telephone research. Um, you might've had health focus groups. You know, maybe, maybe my laundry, laundry <laughs> detergent friends here Smallwood introduce a new product and they would run a focus group see how the product's doing, ask people a whole lot of questions. You can now do that with your community, with, with your, your subscribers. So you introduce a new product, put it out into your subscriber base, get the feedback, and decide whether to, to keep it or can it. Um, you know, Netflix is great, great at that. They basically are able to look at how we're spending money, look at our consumption habits, um, look at what, what series we, we're watching, and if a series works, off we go, if not, can it? So, you know, think about the free market research side of things and how, as a subscription business owner, you're actually getting paid to do your market research. Number four, um, sticky customers. So, you know, when you think about it, if, if you've got somebody on subscription already, and perhaps some of you have, uh, are using software products at the moment where you kind of start off like thinking a HubSpot, you start off and you, you start off with a marketing piece and that's really working well. So then you, you kind of upgrade to a few more contacts and then you think, well, let me use their CRM system. So you take the CRM system and now they've introduced a service model. So you, you basically, once you become a customer, you, you must, you, you start using more and more of the product. Um, another great example, the other night we were sitting, my partner's looking at uh, ordering some, some doorknobs and she's on Amazon and she's has a look and she says, these things are gonna take five days to deliver. Let me go somewhere else. Like, whoa, whoa, hun, I, uh, have you not got a Prime membership? I've got a Prime membership. Let, let, me, let me go online and see how long it takes on my account. So I go on and deliver tomorrow. Here we go, I, I, I can order them now and they deliver tomorrow. And she looks at me and she says, why do you get them in a day? And you know, I, I have to wait five days. Well, it's the stickiness of, of being 
um, and Amazon customer. It's why they introduced Prime. And at the end of the day, we had it been her, she would have gone somewhere else. But as a Prime member, you know, I'd, I'd pretty much order everything on Prime. And is another great example is um, the folks downstairs with a new baby. Uh, have you ever woken up in the middle of the night, if, you, if you've had kids, and you, you wake up in the middle of the night and you're looking for a diaper, and basically you, they're not in the, in the buggy and they're not in the diaper cupboard, and, and you go down to the car and you're scratching around in the back of the car, no diaper there either, you know, behind the seats and those things, maybe we put one in there. Then you find yourself at the convenience store and you're buying diapers at one o'clock in the morning. So what do you do? You probably come in and you install one of those, uh, those buttons for, for Amazon and, and hit the button when you need more diapers and they're delivered for you automatically. And that's why yeah, Amazon went and paid 540 million for diapers.com. Um, and, and it kind of rolls into point number five where subscribers buy more as well. So you know, once you subscribe to, to um, one of these services, you're more likely to to buy more products than just what you'd normally buy. So the, the diaper example is probably a great, uh, great, uh, a great story there. In that, the folks with the new arrival, the new baby, the doorbell used to ring once or twice a week here, and probably deliveries for me, books that I'm reading to help you folks. Um, in, now the doorbell's going anywhere between three or five times a day, and they're all bits and pieces that are needed for the new baby. So uh, basically sub subscribers typically are gonna spend more with you on a subscription billing model than they would otherwise. And finally, I, I wanna talk about the improved valuation because this is really important. When you have a subscription billing model in place, you can kind of see a, a runway of profitability, a runway of revenue, and, and, and it's, it's throwing off profitability uh, years down the line. So when a buyer comes along, they look at that, your business is far more valuable. And this is, is, is one of the key aspects of, of having a subscription model. Being able to look at part of your business and saying, okay, can I take just this part of the business and turn it into a subscription model first? get that pipeline working, build up that value in that space, and then gradually transition from, from the one model to, to the other, from a traditional model to a new model. And if you're still saying there's no possible way that this will work in my company or my industry, then maybe that's true if you stick to the old, old way of doing things. But there are companies out there the, everything from startup to, to Fortune 500 who are jettisoning the traditional way of doing things in favor of subscription building models. And there's a reason for that. So you know, I hope this was helpful. Um, I understand that some of you are, are still thinking it's not going to work for me. So what I want to do is next time I'm going to go into about nine different business models for subscription, for memberships, for, for this recurring revenue side of things. So we'll look at those together and we'll see if something fits for you. If nothing fits there, then I encourage you to get hold of me. Get in touch and we can talk about or can take a look at something that may well fit your business. Um, if you're interested in where your business is at the moment and what your business is, is valued at, you'll find a value builder questionnaire. It takes about 15 minutes. 
you can fill in the questionnaire, get a sense of where your business is at. And if you, again, if you want to take a look at that in more detail, happy to do that. Just drop me a note, drop me an email. You, all my contact details are here. And we can take a look at that in more detail. Again, you know, I'm here to help you. I'm here to share with you. Uh, I want you to find your purpose. I want you to, to build a business that thrives. And I want you to have the freedom that you, you set out to, to find in becoming an entrepreneur.